Welcome to today's podcast by Preacher, as he provides sound teaching on the pure and undiluted truth of God's Word, with life application that inspires you to live a holy life pleasing to God. We pray that these teachings will inspire you to live out your faith daily with confidence, be assured of your salvation in Christ, and God's unconditional love for you. Our scripture lesson this morning will be taken from the book of 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, beginning with the sixth verse. And the apostle Paul is speaking, and he is saying, I do speak wisdom to those who are spiritually mature, but it is not the wisdom that belongs to this world or to the powers that rule this world, powers which are losing their power. The wisdom I speak is God's secret wisdom hidden from men which God had already chosen for our glory, even before the world was me. None of the rulers of this world knew this wisdom. If they had known it, they would not have nailed the Lord of glory to the cross. However, as the scripture says, what no man ever saw or heard, what no man ever thought could happen, is the very thing God prepared for those who love him. But it was to us that God made known his secret by means of his spirit. The spirit searches everything, even the hidden depth of God's purpose. As for a man, it is his own spirit within him that knows all about him. In the same way, only God's spirit knows all about God. We have not received this world's spirit, we have received the Spirit sent by God that we may know all that God has given to us. So then we do not speak in words taught by human wisdom, but in the words taught by the Spirit, as we explain spiritual truth to those who have the Spirit. But the man who does not have the Spirit cannot receive the gifts that come from God's Spirit. He really does not understand them. They are nonsense to him because their value can be judged only on a spiritual basis. The man who has the spirit is able to judge the value of everything, but no one is able to judge him. As the scripture says, who knows the mind of the Lord? Who is able to give him advice? We, however, have the mind of Christ. We, however, have the mind of Christ. Lord, help us to understand something of the profound statement that Paul is making here this morning. There's a line of an old song that, as old as the hills here in the state of Kentucky, I suppose, sort of went, to, if I remember correctly, about the man who was having some problem with his education. He said that he had studied and ciphered for 19 winters until he had spelt B. And then the teacher dismissed him uh, when he was in the third reader. Now, I think from time to time in my life and in the formal process of education, I enrolled in the Presbyterian Seminary here within our city. And while I was in that seminary trying to get my thoughts together, I read one of the textbooks that was used for a textbook uh, written by one of the professors that happened to be here at the Southern Baptist Seminary. And so before the year was over, I decided 
that why should I have his textbook and someone else interpret it to me? Why not go to that place of higher education and learning, those hallowed walls, and have that professor uh, to be in his class? And so that's exactly what I did. And so I went out there and tried to reform those Baptists, but I didn't have much luck doing it. And after I had studied and ciphered and figured and, and did all that I could do, in the, especially in this man's class, a man by the doctor, he's not a professor there anymore. He's working with the medical profession, I think, in the field of pastoral counseling and psychology. I took every course that that man had to offer, the school that I could get, every semester I loaded up on his subjects that he taught because it, uh, it was such a help to me and it was something that I was interested in and something that uh, fascinated me to no end. Something, of course, that came quite easily for me. I could, I could make those good grades in his class for some reason. Well, anyway, after I'd figured and worked and slaved and labored and, and my wife almost divorced me over it and all that sort of stuff because it made her help me, it finally came down to the place where I knew I was smart. Now, the reason I knew that I was smart is because the seminary said it was. And they had given me a piece of paper to show for it that I had spent some time in those hallowed walls, and I had made certain marks, and so therefore they decided that they could graduate me. And all I had to do was look at that piece of paper, and I could tell that I was smart. I was just real smart. And then after I did all that study, and I decided, well, now it's time to study the Bible. Of course, you would think that I was supposed to be studying the Bible when I was going through the seminary. That's what it's all about. Well, it's not quite that way. I was studying professors more than I was the Bible. I thought now to be a preacher, I've got to study the Bible and know what it says. And then I'll really be prepared to do what God has called me to do. Now, somewhere I got tied up over in the Old Testament and reading the book of Proverbs. And long about that 23rd chapter in the 7th verse, I ran across this statement. And it nearly blew my mind. Now, you've got to understand that this man, in one sentence, had distilled everything that I had learned in those years in seminary and the class of psychology. Now, you see, if I had just studied the Bible to start with, I wouldn't have needed all that hard work. And this is what this man said. Now, this is 4,000 years ago. Listen to what this man said. It's profound. It doesn't sound profound, but I want to tell you it's the most profound thing you're going to hear this morning. In all probability today, because it comes straight out of the scriptures, and I want to tell you something, not only my seminary, but all these years that I have put into this business of living tells me that this man was right. It blew my education. I figured I wasn't as smart as I thought I was. And so as a man, as one thinks in his mind, so he is. I haven't found anything to change that concept of what the seminary taught me and what I read from the Word of God. That's right. Now, this may not be too inspiring this morning, dear ones, but I want to tell you something. We're going to deal with something this morning that can turn your life upside down, inside out, if it's not already done that way, and put you on a course that you'll never be the same again as long as you live upon the face of this earth. Now, the problem with man, the problem with man, the problem with you, and the problem with me, now, we're finally coming to place, even the great medical profession, all of them are understanding this. And you hear it preached from every sector of our country. And that is a problem with man, is the way that he thinks. The way that he thinks. I am astounded how well God has provided for you and for me, for us to have these lives of ours fulfilled. 
He made no mistake. He left no stone unturned. He has done everything I agree with the scripture. If God has sent to us his son, what more can he do than he's done? I tell you the truth. God has done everything necessary for you to be able to have a life and to have it abundantly. And let us approach it in this way. You know, we have many things in common with the animal kingdom. Uh, they breathe too, and they can see, and they can hear. They have lies. They hurt. They die. They have a brain. But all the difference comes right here is what we're able to do with these brains of ours. It's what man is able to think and what he's able to do with this most capable thing that he has given to us. And dear ones, this removes us so far from the animal kingdom uh, that we are just not in the same ballpark with them. As far as the distant star is from, uh, from our earth here, that's how far separated we are from anything uh, that uh, even has a likeness to us upon the face of this earth. Don't you ever believe that you're anywhere near, close to the, any part of the animal kingdom. Now, the thing that separates us, or there are many things that separate us, but one little thing that sometimes we're overlooked, we want to call it the imagination. Now, this marvelous faculty that God has given to us to be able to picture things within our mind. And I mean to picture them within our mind, what is the past, the present, or even predict what might be the future. And do it in such a bold, sharp way that we can play it upon these minds of ours anytime we want to. We can take a picture and then we can program it back through our mind and we can see things that happened to us years ago. And we have such a marvelous ability and capability that we can picture what may happen to us 10 years from now. And we can turn it upon this mind, the screen of our mind, and we can see it in detail. We can see it in technicolor. Uh, we can see it so vividly that it is as if almost we have actually lived through the situation. The unfortunate thing about it is that some of us have not uh, developed this marvelous faculty that God has given us. And that's the reason some of us walk around like we're half dead. You saw that ad that period, I think, uh, for the funeral directors or the funeral home said, why walk around half dead when we can bury you for $200? Well, it's not a bad idea. Well, maybe the reason why we walk around half dead is because there is that within us that we have not explored, that we do not use to our own glory and our own good. And dear ones, let me tell you, God's given it to every one of us. Don't look to our neighbor and say, well, now he's given more to him than he has to me, or I'm talking about someone else. God has given to you exactly and precisely what you need this morning. And this, with this mental faculty, exactly what you need to bring something beautiful to your life. And that's wonderful the way this thing works. And you, you've worked it in your life. You've seen it work not too long ago. I stand out here close to Preston Street, right across in front of our Methodist church out there. You know that little lake affair out there. They drained that. They tell me they're going to put a big shopping center out there. So I happen to be out there. And I was there, standing there in a field close by, and we were some of the businessmen were talking about the situation, and I was listening. And I knew one of these men real well, real well. And so one of them said, you know, when they drained this lake here, he said, uh, there was a lot of snakes in there. They just crawled out every which way. And said, the fields were just full of little water snakes uh, around here. And I stood there, and this man heads back to me, so I just took that cane like that and rubbed him on the ankle like that, and I said, snake. Well, if those who had been there for the Olympics, they would have taken him in immediately because 
He did the best broad jump that you've ever seen. I mean, she, he just took off. But when he hit the ground, I could tell he hadn't been to Sunday school lately. <laughs> and he had some choice words from me, but I want to tell you, I didn't do it again. I, <laughs> Imagination had taken over. You know, immediately, he thought he had been had by a snake. Now, you have experienced this too. Give to a little girl a doll and see what she's able to do with it and how she's able to live within her little mind even before we know what's going on. The unfortunate thing about it is that sometimes we don't let this marvelous faculty grow up with us. You see these little fellows. You see them over to church all the time because we had what we call the Mother's Day Out. And these little fellows would, would come in with their little security blanket, these little blankets they'd had from the day they were born. And some of them would be torn and ripped and they'd be holding on to them, and you couldn't get those blankets away from them for anything. And you wonder, well, what security? What do they play on their mind? What do these little minds tell them about this blanket that has the, their security tied up in it? I'll never forget this scene. It happened not too long ago, standing where I could look at the ball field at the other church. And I saw a little old skinny boy out there. He must have been maybe six, seven, or eight. I don't know. And he had three or four balls there on the pitcher's mound with him. You could tell that he was in front of a great crowd of people. And he was probably in the, the last inning. And everything depended upon him. And he had the most beautiful wind-up, and he would get down, and he would look down at the back catcher. No back catcher there, but he would look down there and go into the most beautiful slow-motion wind-up that you've ever seen and throw that ball. And I couldn't help but wonder, what does he see? What is he hearing? What's going on within his mind? What is he playing? on his mind that he is so involved in it that he's oblivious to anybody watching. This marvelous faculty, the imagination that God has given to us. I went to the hospital to see a, a little fellow, 10 years of age, that was dying. Someone had given to him a wooden cross, and he was holding on to that wooden cross. The mother says he will not turn loose of this cross. He holds it day and night. He holds it when he's asleep. I cannot remove it from his hand. And he was holding on to that wooden cross so tightly that even when I was there, every time that I went to see him, uh, that his little knuckles were white. His little fingers were white because he was holding on to that thing. What was his mind telling him? Telling him something. Security tied up in it. The marvelous ability to be able to imagine. We think about Grandma Moses recapturing and painting the scenes that have gone gone by. This marvelous faculty that God has given to us. Dear ones, it has fantastic power. It has power to destroy as well as to do good. Of course it does. The atomic energy has power to destroy like no one ever would believe. It also has power, if it's harnessed properly, to light a city and to bring good to mankind. It depends on which way you use this marvelous faculty that God has given to us. Now, I know there's not a one of you that's had an experience like this, or we'll see, because I'm going to tell you about it. I remember waking up one morning, going in and I looked in the mirror, took a good look at myself, and I could see half my head was swollen. You know, just one half of it, just all out of proportion. Well, I got, began to get sick immediately because I knew, I just knew that something bad was wrong with me. So I went out and asked Anna, I said, Anna, can you see anything wrong with my head? One half my head swollen. She said, it looks that way to me, too. <laughs> She's got a good imagination, too. And so I said, well, now I'm just going to have to go. At that time, we had a wonderful doctor in the church, Dr. Park. I said, 
I just got to call him on the telephone. I'm just terrible. It's just awful. I, I know I've got something bad. And so I called Dr. Clark. I said, Dr. Clark, I got to see you. I said, I'm in bad shape. He said, come right on over, preacher. He said, you sound sick to me. He says, you come on over and I'll check you out. So I went over and rushed over to his office. This is early in the morning. And I rushed over to his office. You know, I knew I was about done for. And I went in his office and he checked me out and he thumped and beat on me. And he listened to the inside and the outside. And, and he said, come out here, preacher. He said, I got to talk to you. And he took me out in his weight room, which was empty. And he says, now listen. He says, get out of here. He says, don't bother me. He says, you're undoubtedly the healthiest person that I've seen this whole year. Well, you know, as soon as he said that, I felt better. I felt better. I came home whistling and singing and went on about my business. Now, you've never had an experience like that, I know. And if you think you have, you go home and look in your medicine cabinet. Now, if you don't have any bottles in there, or if you have bottles and they're all empty, now, you know you haven't had that experience. But if you go home and look in your medicine cabinet and you find bottles in there filled with pills that you haven't taken because you feel better, you've had the same experience. Sort of settled, isn't it? This marvelous faculty that God has given to us to be able to bring something into life that we wouldn't ordinarily have. I remember my dear friend. I remember he came and this ability and capability had raced off on him. And he couldn't bring it under control. We tried. I tried as hard as I could to bring this faculty under control because when he would drive down the street, and he would stop at a red light. If someone was on the sidewalk there, he could hear them talking about him. And he knew they were talking about him. And I would see him once a week uh, over a period, extended period of time to have this lodge, this, this thought from his mind that he could hear people talking about him because this is a very dangerous thing to happen to a person. It usually takes one or two turns. It either brings a person to a place where they will just haul off and kill someone, just right out of the blue. You know, you read this every once in a while. This is exactly what happened. A completely innocent person can be shot down or killed or destroyed simply because this faculty has reached off. And that you can hear people talking about you, you know. Well, hereafter I moved from that place and took the other devilish turn that it can take, and that is the person come to the place where they destroy themselves. They fished him from the Ohio River. But one of the things that happened, this faculty had been impaired in such a way that it raced off in the wrong direction. It had such awesome power that he could not lead him to his destruction. I was standing not too long ago with a lady, with a group of people, and the organist was playing some hymns on the organ. And one of them began to cry in an uncontrollable way, just began to cry. And I said, is something wrong? She says, the only thing wrong is, it says the organist is playing one of the hymns that was played at my mother's funeral. And this marvelous faculty had come into play. And she could, within her mind, relive those moments when she was trying to say goodbye to her physical presence of her mother here. Well, dear ones, I want to tell you something. It not only has power to destroy, but it has power to bring into your life some fantastic living. It surely does. To enhance your life, to make it even more beautiful than it is, to be able to, to use this faculty in such a way that you can play upon the screen of your mind beautiful things. And I want to tell you something, dear ones. Here's where you want to censor more than anywhere else is what you let yourself think about. How do you see your fellow worker? 
How do you see those people that you live with? What light do you see them in? Do you see them in competition with you? Do you see them having horns and a spear? How do you see them? How do you view people? What do you let your mind do in relation to those people that you work with? Do you dwell upon the negative? Do you roll it in your mind that you're going to do them in or they're trying to do you in and all this sort of stuff? And I can tell you what will happen to you just as sure as there'll be another sunrise tomorrow that you play all this negative thing upon the screen of your mind as your imagination, let it run wild and unchecked, and I will tell you that you will respond to those people in a negative way, just as sure as there be another sunrise. That's exactly the way that you're going to respond to them. Can't help it. What kind of a picture do you see of yourself? This is most important. How do you imagine yourself to be? How do you see yourself? Most of the people within that I have ever met in my life, by and large, sell themselves short. We do not see ourselves as the wonderful, beautiful expression of God that we were intended to be. Now, dear ones, listen to what this man had to say. Here within the scriptures this morning, if you can believe half of what the Apostle Paul is trying to tell us here, uh, that we have the mind of Christ, he's, oh, what he's saying to us, what he has saying to us, that you are literally an expression of God's love, care, and concern to this world. Do you believe that? Do you believe that really that you and the infinite wisdom of God before the foundation of this world was placed, whatever that means, that God had you in mind to call you into existence and to make you part of his beautiful creation? It's a tragedy if you think otherwise, because that's precisely and exactly what you are. You were intended to be the loving instrument of God to perfect and to fulfill his kingdom and to fulfill your life in the process of doing it. You were intended to be a wonderful expression of God. You were intended to be a blessing to those that you live with. We were intended to be a blessing to one another. We can actually have the mind of Christ. That means that we can actually be the extension of the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what Christ tried to tell us. That's what God is trying to tell us. That's what, that is what precisely what Paul is trying to tell us. And that uh, you are that. The tragedy of it is uh, that we do not play this upon our mind through this beautiful faculty so we can make the most of it so that we can become that instrument or that expression of God's love. You cannot think about God's love. You cannot think about beautiful, the beautiful thing that you are without becoming that beautiful thing that God intended for you to be. As a man thinks within his mind, that is precisely what he's going to be. It has to be that way because God said it was going to be that way and because he created you in that fashion. And I want to remind you before we leave from here this morning that the Lord Jesus Christ is still interested in the prodigal son. Yes, he is still interested in the woman at the well, the blind person, the lame, the old, the young. Wherever there's a need, God is still interested and still concerned. Look at the glorious, wonderful privileges and, and opportunities that you have every day in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and as the expression of God's love to reach out and to touch them simply because 
we have done something in here that makes it radiate to the outside. It can't be the other way around. It can't be the other way around. It's got to happen in here. Here. The man says it's got to happen in our mind. And then when it becomes acceptable to these minds of ours, that we can play it upon these minds in such a way that it becomes a living reality within our life and to the people who live and work around us. Beloved, I want to say to you this morning that you have the marvelous capability and the marvelous opportunity today to be able to do something with this mind of yours that changes your life completely and totally. You know, if you change your mind one degree, right here you've changed your life one degree. I know that when you change your mind that you have changed your life. Use what God has given to you. He's done it to you in such a marvelous, beautiful way. He has given to you this marvelous faculty that you can think something wonderful about this day, about your friends, about yourself. And I want to tell you something before the Lord is finished with you and a finished product has been realized. You will be precisely and exactly what God intended when he called you into existence. You will be the fulfillment and the extension of the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that an awesome thought? It is indeed. And I want to tell you something. It can be also an awesome reality within your life today. Oh, our Father, help us to believe it. Oh, we ask it in the name of Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening. Hope you were blessed. We pray the Holy Spirit will make you a doer of his words, finishing the work he started and making you more like Christ for the transformation of this world and preparation for heaven.